Hey everybody, it's your boy Charles, back for another time on Reclaiming Reality, a podcast where we talk about really Christian things, and mostly regular things. But this is important. Today I'm particularly excited to talk about this thing that happened. I was reflecting on it this morning and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I have to tell you the whole story for this to make any sense. It all started with a trip to downtown Disney with a friend of mine named Courtney. Courtney's an incredible girl and she wanted to go. And I honestly wouldn't have gone without her. And this trip has remarkably changed a lot of the ways that not only do I see myself, but really brought me back to the reality of what I was doing and who I am. So we were walking around the park and, well, park, quote unquote. It's a series of shops. Highly recommend. Lots of fun. And we walked into this gallery. And we were walking around, you know, checking out the paintings and the little toys and knickknacks. And we ran across this guy named Dave. So Dave is a great guy. Very nice, very kind. And he said, hey, I like you guys. Go figure out a question, come back, and we'll talk about it. So we go back, we come back with, honestly, some bottom of the barrel kind of wish-washy questions and those questions turned into more questions and those questions turned into more things and by the end of the time I was talking to Dave he had looked into my soul and started to see things in myself that I hadn't seen in a long time parts of me that I had neglected and kind of pushed under the table and hadn't really thought about of those things There was a million that really hit me square in the chest. Things that I really remembered and really resonated with to the point where it kind of bugged me. And over the next few days to on now to a few weeks, my interaction with Dave just marked my thoughts. I realized that three things that he said really stood out to me and still continue to echo in my mind. The first of which is. You have forgotten what it's like to believe in magic. Which is true. I'm not going to lie about that. I've kind of put the concept of magic on the back burner. And, you know, that's something we all do as we become adults, right? You know, the mortgage kills the poet, as my dad used to say. The second was, you want someone that you can have with you when you're crying. That is also very true. Now, I don't cry a lot, but I promise you this. None of you have seen me cry unless you are my mom or my dad. And that's pretty much it. That's just not something that we really do or I really do. I admit that I have put up barriers in my life to keep people from seeing me in a state of emotional vulnerability like that. The 30 side. And I think this is the linchpin. And if he ever sees this video, he may not realize this is the thing that hooked me. But he said that people know something that even the angels don't. And that thing is what it is like to be forgiven. Now, that might sound totally spooky. All of that might sound really spooky to most of, you know, either my completely, you know, philosophical 
audience or my over spiritual audience. That all sounds super spooky. I know. But it was right. And the thing of it is, is I don't think that he was off the mark by any means. If anything, he just didn't push hard enough into saying what he was saying. And I'll explain that just in a minute. So, <laughs> I forgot what it was like to believe in magic. Which is true. And I know that the most magical thing that any of us ever can really understand is love. Whether that be in a friend-to-friend sense, or whether that be an erotic kind of man and woman, or whatever you do nowadays, not to call anybody out, um, but a lover's sense, or even a spiritual sense. I forgot, truthfully, if I'm being totally vulnerable right now, so don't argue with the last thing I said, but being vulnerable with you all, I forgot what it was like to believe in love. Second, that you want someone to be there when you're crying. I do, I feel things very deeply. I really do. And things will haunt me if I know that I did something that's wrong. I know that I will feel things intensely. It really particularly hurts for me to say goodbye to people. It's, it's who I am. I have a big squishy heart that is under eight or nine just solid walls that keep people from seeing me in that vulnerable state. And that the angels know something, or the angels don't know something that humans do know, to be forgiven. And I was thinking about that this morning, and I began to reflect on all of the things that I've done wrong to people. Things that I needed to confess, things that, from the second point, have been on my heart and bothering me. Things where I've taken advantage of people, where I've deceived people, where I've withheld truths. And I have to say this, honestly, I'm not a perfect man. I'm far from a perfect man. Even if in my sphere of people that I truly admire, many of whom are peers, actually, I would consider myself the least amongst them. And I'm not perfect. I know many people who are smarter, who work harder, who are more charismatic, who do things better, who are more disciplined than I am. And I give credit where credit is due. And I know I'm not that. Now, I'm not trying to be the president. I'm not trying to be a king. I'm not trying to be the apple of your eye or an idol. I am just a man. And unfortunately, I got to the point where I forgot that. Where I let my pride and my defenses and everything come into my thoughts in a way that I needed to defend myself. I realized while I was doing the reflections on this that we really don't live in a graceful world at all. At all. I'm going to be very blunt and honest with you because this is a phenomenon that is common now that I really don't understand. Where people will gossip about you all the time. 
If you are willing to step onto a forum like Ben, Nick, and I have and just talk about the truth and speak from the heart, people will throw stones at you and try to destroy you. And that's part of human nature. I get that. But people will gossip about you. And that's fine because people gossip. Not that that's right. It's wrong. It's annoying. And honestly, you could jump off a bridge, but they will. They always will. What has become seemingly more and more common these days and as we've progressed into our society is that something that I say today will come back and haunt me literally 40 years later. It happens a lot with comedians nowadays. It happens a lot with public figures where they'll say something that wasn't an issue at the time that they said it. And here we are 20 years, sometimes 30 years, even 40 years later. And now they're being account, having to account for something that was appropriate at the time. And that's, you know, sometimes it's merited. Sometimes some stuff is like, all right, that seriously wasn't cool. And it really shouldn't have been cool then. But sometimes it's like, bro, are we really, really? Is this where we've gotten to as a country? Where you can hardly speak because there is no grace to listen. Or we get to a point where we so consistently police one another that we forget the fact that we too are human. And that we make mistakes. I make mistakes. I say things that are wrong. I'm going to offend people that I don't mean to offend. I'm going to say things that aren't always completely accurate. I am not perfect. I am only courageous enough to take the step forward. And I know that Around me, a million people will be able will be so excited to throw stones. And that's not all. I realize that I have lost some relationships over things that I've done wrong. I get that. And I've not felt the grace from people where I thought where I've asked for it. And I've not been forgiven. So I lost faith. Let me, let me stop for a moment and pull away. I'm going to give you a story. And this is a story out of the book of Luke. So for my non-churchy people, please listen. You might be surprised to hear what Jesus actually says. And it reads, One of the Pharisees asked him to eat, asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, that means a prostitute, who was a sinner, uh, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And he wiped, the, uh, wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed him and anointed him with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him in saw this, he said to himself, as in, not verbally, but in his mind, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who was touching him, for he, she is a sinner. And Jesus answered his thoughts by saying, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. Now, this is the words of Jesus. A certain moneylender had two debtors one who owed 500 denarii and the other 50. 
And what then, or when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. And turning towards the woman, he said, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. From the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. And I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who were at the table began to say amongst themselves, Who is this? Who even forgives your sins? And the woman said, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now this resonates with me, not because of all of the foot touchiness. That I, I get that. That might be a little bit weird to someone who doesn't understand. But Jesus. You even understand that this woman, the image of this woman is like, you do not touch her. You do not go near her. You just don't. And Simon, the Pharisee, is kind of like, oh, he's a good dude, or at least acclaimed to be a good dude. Good in the people's eyes. And Jesus says, this woman's sins are forgiven. Because she loved much. Now, to give you the backstory, I don't know... I don't know where I got to the point that I was. Where I stopped believing in forgiveness. Where I stopped forgiving. It might have been when I let myself really fall in love with someone to the point which I was willing to marry her. And she dropped me in one day and we never spoke again. That might be it. It might be when I put all my hope in a job that I was supposed to have, only to find out that the job and the institution that job was a part of wasn't nearly what I expected it to be. And I was deceived that I was going to have a great life, and it wasn't true. Nor the people I worked with weren't even great people. They were a bunch of jerks. It might have been when I had this whole plan for myself, and I had to start my life over again, move out to the West Coast, and look at God and ask him how I got here. And between all of those things that have happened, I had to explore in myself some things that I needed. I just needed answers to. And I started looking outside the church, honestly, because these promises that the church set up, none of them came true. And that might be harsh to say. So I, you know, I started fasting a bunch and I separated myself from material things because I had plenty of money, not to brag or anything, but I had plenty of money. I had freedom. I had the status, you know, and I felt that was unsatisfying. So I separated myself from the material things, which kind of sounds like Buddhism and separating myself from the material things was very helpful. I... Learn to live my life in light of the fact that one day I will die. And I thought about my death a lot. And that really put things in perspective, which is stoicism. That was really helpful. I 
thought about, you know, going with the flow of life and the constant ebb and flow of order and chaos that ultimately defines life, which is Taoism. I thought about the rules and the discipline and the structure that I could bring my own life and all the good that came with that, which is legalism. I thought of the way that I treat people and the way I'm perceived by people and the kindness that I had to exude in order to keep the peace, which kind of sounds like Islam. And I went through all of these ideologies and none of them led me to a point of freedom. Like it, nothing led me to a point of knowing that I was loved and that someone had, could have known me, known where I was, known my brokenness, known my sin, known my shame, known everything I've hidden from anybody to a point where I could just be vulnerable. Like Christianity. And I'm not talking Christianity like many of you think of where it's, you know, you need to do this and that. And we're not going to you know, support people because gay marriage and abortion and all this. Now, I'm not talking political Christianity. I'm not talking about the really legalistic hold you to all of these rules and regulations do and don't Christianity. I'm talking about the Christ who saw me, who saw all the pain that I've caused, all the people that I've hurt, all the people that I've pushed away and all of the things that I've ruined. And my numerous, countless failures, not only as a person, but between people in relationships. Someone who saw me and said, son, I forgive you. Not only do I forgive you, I love you so much that I'm willing to take your place. I forgot that. I let myself forget that. And that's hard for me to say. Now to all of the people whom I have done wrong by, which is many, I'm sorry. I pray that you forgive me. And to all of the people who have hurt me, which is also many, I forgive you. And I'm not going to live in a place where I... Hold that against you. It's not forgiving you. It's only eating my soul. And the culture which has become so quick to judge and to hold everyone's sins over their heads to really become the accuser of us all. You have no power over me anymore. I do not submit to the accuser. I submit to the God who is the lover. Because he who is forgiven much loves much. And he who is forgiven little loves little. And I need the forgiveness of Christ. Because of him, I am free. And I don't have to hold up these, the facade of strength and wholeness and perfection. I'm broken. To bring that back, that's why I lost faith in magic or love. And that's why I didn't have anybody I could cry in front of. Because I forgot what it was like to be forgiven. The one thing that separates man from the angels. 
well, many things separate us from the angels. But the one thing we don't know, we know that the angels don't is how to be forgiven. And when you can accept the fact that you're not perfect, that you are forgiven, that you are loved, then magic comes back. And you can finally get to a place where you can love people again. They can be vulnerable. And I understand that this video is going long, but this is this point is the most important, I believe. I don't want you to idolize me. If you forget my name after this video, if you forget everything I've said, done, so be it. Actually, it's probably good. Don't remember me. Remember the Christ, Jesus, who forgave you, who died so that you can live. So that's ultimately what all of this is about. It's the reason we're doing this podcast. It's not so you can remember Ben, Nick, and I. It's not that we can line our pocketbooks. It's not that we can make an impact. It's that you can know that you are loved, that you are forgiven, that there is someone who loved you enough to say, take your walls down. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to break you. I'm here to love you. I'm not here to condemn you. Christ, who loved the woman, who loved her before she even came in. Now that woman is written in the book of wisdom, and she is immortalized for what she did. Because she came in a spirit of humility, and Christ loved her. And he loves you too. He loves me. And because of his love, we can finally be free. This has been Reclaiming Reality. Please like this video, share it. Please, If you're going to share any of my videos, please share this one. And I guess we'll see you all in the next round.